1: Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, this is our 32nd episode together.
2: Hey, we got about 100,000 more episodes to go. All
1: right, I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to that. On today's show, we discussed Terrell Pryor attempting an NFL comeback and today's deadline with the franchise tag and which players will be playing this season under the franchise tag, but quickly I wanted to start out with Shadir Sanders committing to FAU. and last month we talked to his dad, NFL Hall of Famer Dion Sanders, and he said he would coach college football in 2021. Ike, to me, this looks like Dion's going to be following his son to FAU. What do you think?
2: That's where you're going. I mean, Taggart, don't forget, Tagger's one of his homeboys. So we talked to Unk, we call him Unk, everybody know him as primetime. We talked to primetime a couple of weeks on the show. He said he will be coaching. He ain't say, I'm stepping out on the leap of faith. He was like, I will be coaching in college. So just our guesstimation, since we talked about him, since we saw his, his son is going to FAU, that's where Prime going. <laughs> Prime is going to FAU to coach with his homeboy Taggart.
1: And Taggart has experience coaching at Florida State. Obviously, he got fired, but then prior to that at USF. Also, if Taggart struggles in his first year at FAU, I know know we're coming out of a pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, but Taggart's buyout is not that great at FAU. He has a $3 million buyout if he leaves before December 1st, 2022. So whether he joins Taggart's staff or I don't know, when we were talking to him, Mike, it sounded like he wanted to be the head coach somewhere. We'll see what happens there, but I would not be surprised if Dion follows his son to FAU down in Boca Raton, Florida.
2: Right. Uh, head coach wise, you're going to need some experience. I think prime being an OC will fit him perfect first. Cause then he'll get to understand on the college level, how things are ran just in the college environment. At the same time, though, you know, Taggart won't have to look over his shoulder with, with, with Coach Prime time. You know, them two homeboys, they're going to talk 24-7. If it's one thing Coach Taggart had problems with, it was the offense at Florida State, you know, and getting things figured out. If it's one thing Coach Prime knows, it's everything about offense. I mean, I coach my son, I've coached high school, and I've never wanted to be a defense coordinator. I always wanted to be an offense coordinator. It's just so lucky I can do both just seeing things from a different perspective from playing defense. So, you know, everything what the offense is trying to do. Now being an OC, you know everything what the defense is trying to do to your offense. So it kind of makes sense. So I can see Uncle Prime just being the OC first, working his way into being the head coach. He'll get a defensive coordinator on who he truly trusts if Taggart don't be here. But I think this is a perfect opportunity for Uncle Prime to get his foot in the door on a college level, you know, just to understand how colleges ran.
1: And I don't want to go too far down the Florida State rabbit hole, but a lot of the Seminoles' problems from an offensive standpoint stemmed from that offensive line. DeAndre Francois, a very talented quarterback, they could not keep him upright. And so it's part of the reason why Taggart doesn't have a job in Tallahassee anymore. But again, he's now at FAU and getting a four-star quarterback in Shadur Sanders. So we'll see what happens there. And I would encourage any of the listeners to go check out our interview with Dion Sanders, just Last. some absolutely hilarious stories. Yeah, 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 for sure. Changing gears here a little bit. The deadline today for the franchise tag and whether players will play under the franchise tag has came and went. We're recording on a Wednesday, so the deadline was at 4 o'clock Eastern time, Ike, and Bud Dupree will play under the franchise tag for the Pittsburgh Steelers this upcoming season. And so he will be on a one-year contract. And really the big question is, is he going to be categorized as an outside linebacker or as a defensive end? Now, what's the difference when you're playing under the franchise tag? If you're an outside linebacker, he's going to be due about $15.8 million. Whereas if he plays as a defensive end, that total will increase to 17.8 million dollars and so Dupree's trying to get categorized as a defensive end to get as much money as he can out of the Steelers organization I, I think the writing's on the wall I if you had to ask me I would probably say this is Dupree's last year as a Steeler because any way you slice it there are other guys that you're going to have to pay beyond this season
2: yeah but Dills if, if they have training camp this year Mark still Dills still can get done in training camp you know what I'm saying? You, you, you sign the franchise tag, is cool, but you can still make deals in training camp, you know? Hell, I, I signed my tag, and my tag wasn't it – was, it was a tender. I had the high tender with, a, I want to say, a first and a third on there, and at the same time, man, we just got the deal done. I understand, you know, But wanted to go from that 15 to that 17 because 17, now the taxes look like round 14. You know, 15 out of tax, look around like twelve point seven thirteen. So, you know, having a, a couple more million dollars in the bank after taxes, and that's guaranteed. You know, that 15, you know, is fully guaranteed, but that 17 fully guaranteed out of taxes, that's real good. See, people don't understand Uncle Sam be knocking at your door. Every time you get a check, Uncle Sam be knocking. So, Ike, I
1: didn't take you as tax guy.
2: Oh, 100, you got, <laughs> and when we, talk about, when we talk about seven to eight figures, you learn about taxes, you learn about who's in office, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, you learn about all that stuff when it comes down to these millions, cause you gotta know, okay, where can I put my money? How should I use my money? What foundations can I use my money in? Can I find a tax shelter? <laughs> so all that come into effect, you know, when you're getting that kind of money. So, but at the same time for Bud, man, you gotta get as much money as you can cause this window is short you know, in a window, meaning playing professional football is short. So you're trying to squeeze all the lemon out that lemon juice.
1: I'm at a loss for how the Steelers do this though. And here's why. You've got three key players on the Steelers this season, also in contract seasons. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Cam Hayward. If I'm Cam Hayward, I'm licking my chops right now. After I see the deal that the Chiefs just gave Chris Jones and this contract extension that the Browns just gave Miles Garrett. If I'm due to hit the free agent market next offseason and I'm Cam Hayward, bring the Brinks truck, however you want to phrase it, Cam Hayward's going to get paid. And so my big thing is this is how does that money go all around? Because I, we've talked about it on previous episodes too. You're going to have to lock up TJ Watt in a few years as well, because his rookie deal is going to be coming up too. So Watt won't become a free agent until 2022. But at the same time for me, I'm thinking of how is this money going to be allocated? And with Dupree, I, I just don't know. Maybe the answer is, is it, it depends on what kind of season he has because we finally saw last season why the Steelers made him a first-round pick.
2: Yeah, for Pittsburgh, it's always – this is easy for Pittsburgh because it's always about priorities. So if you just look at the history from the Pittsburgh Steelers, what they do well, Mark, they draft wide receivers and linebackers Well, they've been doing that for years. Just look at the Hall of Fame, you know, Pittsburgh, wide receivers and linebackers who was in there. So when it comes down to Cam Hayward, he's my top priority. Now, here's why he's my top priority. Cam has been healthy for the most part of his career. He only missed a few games. So if I was to start a franchise and I had Cam, Juju, or James Conner, and right now at this particular moment, it would be Cam Hayward because he's durable. Juju, a lot of talent. We still got to work on the durability with Juju. James Conner, a lot of talent. We still got to work on the durability with James Conner. So they say the best, you know, ability is being available. And so far, Cam Haywood has been more available than any guy you want to talk about when that Pittsburgh's still the team. So I'm looking at it, man. My top priority is Cam Haywood. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I can always find me a receiver. Just look at the receivers. The Pittsburgh still a draft every year. Hidden gems, you know, top secrets in a draft. Running backs are not a priority right now. You know, Derrick Henry did get his $50 years, $50 million and he deserved it. Had a heck of a year last year, especially in that playoff run. So I don't have to pay James Conner top running back priority money right now. One, because his durability when it comes down to it. Two, I need him to be more consistent. And that's no knock to James Conner. James is my dog. I'm just talking like I'm the front office of management. Juju, I need you to be healthy. Can I get 16 games from you? Yeah, I love your talent. Okay, Antonio Brown isn't here. Can you be the Batman we're looking for? Because it was different when you was robbing. Juju standpoint, and I'm looking at that as a front office, a management kind of person. You played like a first round draft pick the last five years. You have tour behind you. So every piece we put around you, for the most part, Cam, you've outplayed on that defense. So it's easy for me. I'm going to go out and pay Cam Haywood first, Mark.
1: I'm with you there. And a lot to unpack there. Derrick Henry's contract, I think the big number to focus on isn't that $50 million figure. It's the $25.5 million, meaning his deal's guaranteed for two seasons. So don't get wrapped up in the $50 million. The 25 dollars is the big thing. You mentioned Connor and his durability. You're spot on there. Also consider next offseason – all of the running backs that are going to be free agents led by guys like, huh, I don't know, Dalvin Cook. There are going to be a lot of free agent running backs out there, meaning who knows what kind of value you're going to have out on the open market if there are other talented running backs out there. As far as Juju in the Batman and Robin comparison, and this is something we've talked about a lot, Juju's still 23. So he's in a contract year. For me, it's kind of put up or shut up if you're Juju this season because, Again, you're in a contract here. Can you be the guy? That's one of the big questions I have about the Steelers moving forward into the 2020 season.
2: Now, to Juju's defense, seven big Ben didn't play. Exactly. And I'm I'm, I'm just trying to defend Juju. But at the same time, I want Juju and James to understand the management side because I dealt with them for 12 years on how they think. And when it comes down to contracts, we're not friends. It's cutthroat. That's just how it is. You got to put your feelings to the side when you want to talk about, if I'm a GM and I'm an owner and I want to talk about giving you millions for years, I'm going to throw everything you didn't do for me in your face. And that's what these guys got to understand. They got to take their feelings out, which is hard to do because the first thing you're thinking is, look what I have done for you. And they're going to count it like, this is what you didn't do, you know? So. You're not a top five running back. You're not a top five receiver. You're not a top ten receiver. You're not a top five. Like, this is what you have me do. And it hurts because I've been through these conversations when it came down to contracts. Like, I you're not a top ten corner. Lie. And I'll prove my point on why. Like, if I wasn't a top ten corner, why you got me checking the best receiver? You know what I'm saying? So, my point wasn't, my point wasn't bad validating. It's just... You got to understand from a front office or a gym side, they're going to say everything you didn't do. Now you have to get in your feelings and don't worry about what everybody else getting paid. You have to know your market and you have to be comfortable on a number that you like in your head, you and your agent. Oh, okay, I'm cool with this three, four-year contract and I'll come back three, four years from now. One thing Casey happened to me did tell me when I first got to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you stay out of trouble, Nine times out of ten, you're going to see your whole contract in Pittsburgh, and you're going to wind up getting another one. So it was a lot of guys, you know, in my era, between Casey Hampton, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, Troy Palomaro. We saw three contracts, which is rare. I've seen three contracts, two big ones. Troy seen, of course, he was the first-round draft pick, so he seen three big <laughs> contracts. Casey Hampton. James Ferrier, throughout his career, seen four contracts. And he was a first-round draft pick for the Jets. So, uh, Larry Foote seen three contracts. So, you got to understand, man, if you can just stay with Pittsburgh, they're going to pay you. They're going to pay you. You just might get it on the back end.
1: At what point in your career did you realize the seriousness of the business of, hmm, this should be really something that I take very, very seriously for what's at stake?
2: Drafted. So, and Kevin Colby, he – He threw a gym at me and I caught it. So you know we draft him to replace you. As soon as he said that my rookie year after my rookie year, I was like, okay, this is the business. Every year they got to draft somebody to replace you. So every year they're going into the draft. Can I find a stronger, cheaper, faster Ike Taylor? Every year, because you got to think about that, because you got to bring competition. In that locker room, because that's gonna bring the best or the worst out anybody. Some people say they like competition, but they really don't. Some people think they Batman, but they're really not. So for me, once Kevin Colbert told me that, like you know, and he he was being funny, but he wasn't. You know, we drafting every year to replace you. I was like, All right, it's the business side right here. And he ain't lying.
1: So I wanna circle this back as well to Bud Dupree. Some of the other players that will go into the season under the franchise tag. You got Dak Prescott, A.J. Green, Hunter Henry, Matt Judon, Shaq Barrett, Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris. So a lot of talented players that will be playing under the franchise tag in 2020.
2: Bud's got to look at it. How people view me, they view me being a Batman or a Robin. So do they view people? So if we had a draft pick, are they taking TJ before Bud? If we had to start a franchise, are they taking T.J. before Bud? And that's how you got to look at it from a business and a front office point of view. I'm taking T.J. That's that's what the majority of people are going to say. I'm going to take T.J. with Bud. I'm not saying nothing's wrong with Bud, but before T.J. got there, you know, what has what has Bud done? Okay, since T.J. has been in that lineup, this is what Bud is doing. And that's what Bud got to understand how the league is looking at him. You know, so – he does have value. He have a $15 million value for this year. So that's saying a lot how Pittsburgh still is fill the bottom. Now Bud just got to get in his head how everybody else on the business side feels the bottom, you know? So you want to be the Batman or you want to be the Robin. Understood, I was Batman for a while. Troy was Joker. I was Batman. <laughs> and I've been through plenty of Robins. <laughs> I've been through plenty of Robins on the other side. Of me. You know what I'm saying? But then it then it comes to a point where, you know, I'm not I'm not Batman or Robin. I had to become the penguin. You know, so I was I, I was just enough to be bad, but not enough to be that good. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 how people gotta look at it. Like Bud gotta look at it that standpoint, you know, how are GMs viewing me? You know, if, if, and of course you want to bet on yourself, you always want to bet on yourself. But for him to change the narrative, you know, he just got to do what he did last year. He came out, he kicked butt, he played ball. And you know, so from Bud's standpoint, if Bud played like he played last year, it ain't no issue. It ain't no issue at all. Cause that's your expectations from here on out.
1: I've got a quick follow-up question, but before I ask you that, Bud Dupree's production, you're right, Ike. 11 and a half sacks that was tied for ninth in the league. He also tied for fifth with four forced fumbles, tied for fifth with 16 tackles for a loss, and he also had a career-high 68 tackles. Ike, I do have to ask you then, you were mentioning all of the, the Batman characters and villains. Who's the Riddler on the Steelers then?
2: The Riddlers, they're the offense and defense coordinators. <laughs> they the Riddlers. You know they could be flugazing <laughs> <laughs> They could dictate a lot. It it could be a lot of smoke and mirrors, if you know what I'm saying. They wordplay coming out their mouth is very good. You know and that's what the riddler do. The, the Riddler got a good wordplay, and he can be very confusing at times. It can be a lot of smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, them OCs and them DCs, they're the realists, and, that, and that's throughout, <laughs> that's throughout the NFL.
1: Let's move on here. So Terrell Pryor, the converted wide receiver, former quarterback out of Ohio state began his career with the Raiders and bounced around. He's now attempting a comeback. He told TMZ this week that he's hoping to play for one of really any NFL team. But he says he's had conversations with five NFL teams, two of them, one being the new England Patriots and the other, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike, do you think it's a good idea for Pittsburgh to bring him in? What are your thoughts about this?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind Pittsburgh bringing him in. Team Pride, though, he got to lock in. He got to stay focused. He got to have that that Antonio Brown mindset, that Tom Brady mindset. Like, my opportunity is little to nothing right now. You know, A.B. being a late-round draft pick, he was. Tom Brady being a late-round draft pick, he was. And Tom Brady even said, you know, when Bill Pelichick – when he first got his opportunity to come in, Belichick told him, no, mess this one up because this would be your first or last one here. You know, and Tom Brady took that and ran with it. T. Pride got a lot of talent. I've been hearing about T. Pryor for the longest, and that's from Charlie Batch. Like, Charlie Batch been talking about Terrell Pride not only as a football player, but as an elite basketball player. See Batch been talking about T. Pryor since T. Pryor was a baby, 8th, ninth grade. So, for me, seeing T. Pry with all that talent is you got to take this serious, bro. Because it, it's a lot of you're missing out on millions. That's what I want these young guys to understand, T. Pry, include, like, hey, man, take advantage of everything, especially in the situation you're in because the window was closing. You know, there's only so many opportunities and chances the NFL is going to give you.
1: You're spot on, Ike. And any team that decides to sign Pryor, could also face the potential media and fan scrutiny after last year, he almost lost his life in a stabbing incident. And this happened at his Pittsburgh apartment. Pryor is a Pittsburgh guy. Correct. But you're talking about a guy coming off that and he was charged with simple assault and that. His, I believe it was his girlfriend that was living with him, was charged with attempted homicide after it was a really, really nasty fight. But from a football standpoint, you're talking about a guy who's struggled with injuries, a guy who's played in 16 games only once in his career. And that was in 2016 during his breakout season in Cleveland. Now I was looking at his pro football reference page. And in that season with Cleveland, everyone focuses on 77 receptions, a thousand yards, and that's great. and all. but the stat I found a 53.2 catch percentage in his career. Now, If he bounces from team to team to team to team, he can't develop that rapport with a quarterback. That's just so important. But you are talking about a guy who has a tremendous amount of talent. Played for the Jaguars last preseason. A hamstring injury prompted the Jags to cut him. We'll see what happens. I definitely think he has the talent to land somewhere in the NFL. Pittsburgh, I'm not so sure that's the greatest fit, but... We'll see what happens with him. And, again, you're talking about a guy who has all the talent in the world, and if he could put it together, I still think he'd be a very, very productive player in this league.
2: No, I think – and that's it. He just got to put it together, you know. With Chase and company and Juju and company and D.I.T. and company, it's hard right now in Pittsburgh. So the reason why I'm saying Pittsburgh might be a good fit, one, because of the incident you're coming off of. Two, you know, you can get familiar. You got a good coaching staff up there. Three, you can lock in, you know, and you should understand now. Or on the flip side, you know, a change of scenery could be good for T. Pryor. You know what I'm saying? But I think the fit right now wouldn't force him to come out and do something spectacular. He got three young guys who are in front of him that's been doing good work so far, and he can just slowly but surely work his way back into football shape, understand the playbook, try to build a rapport with his offensive coordinator and Big Ben and just take off from there.
1: And you're talking about a guy who's only 31 years old. So, still could have a lot of years left, at least a few years left, just given his ability. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe, a home security system that's so complicated, you never need to use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home 24 7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com/team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/team. Ike, next month, Madden NFL 21 will come out, and some of the ratings have started to come out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there are only two Steelers players in the 90 club. You've got David DeCastro and Cam Hayward. DeCastro, a 91 overall. Hayward, a 90 overall. Minka Fitzpatrick is an 87. Stefan Tuitt, an 87. Marquise Pouncey, 86. Juju Smith-Schuster, 86. TJ Watt, only an 86, seemed low to me. Eric Ebron, an 84. Joe Hayden, an 83 I'm curious from back in the day when you were on the Steelers, did you have arguments in the locker room about how you and your teammates were rated in the popular video game?
2: I used to talk about that on the sideline. Like, man, I got to get my Madden ratings up. So, I mean, going into the season, I think I was like an 83, 84 at one time. I was like, you know what? I need to hit this 90 mark. And the only way you're going to hit that 90 mark, Mark, is if you ball out, we got the week. After week. So that's all it is to it. You can be salty now. T.J. Watt's supposed to be in the 90s. And I agree with that. You know, T.J. got to be in the 90s. You know, if you, if you right now, if you're looking at Minka Fitzpatrick, you need to be in the 90s, 890, at least 890. So you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, man, you're thinking about T.J. Watt and Mink on the back end. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, just going back to your question, man, that's what I played for, my raised <laughs> Madden. man. All my homeboys, that's all we played. We played online mad the 4, 5 in the morning. So, I had to make sure they played with Pittsburgh because their boy was in the high 80s, low 90s. You know what I'm saying? So, that's how I was. And when it was up there, that mean I was balling. You know? So, it goes. It Your ratings go game after game. So, you can be pissed off. In the preseason, I'm, I was pissed off. When I was looking at my ratings, Mark, I was truly pissed off. But. I said, you know what, man? I need to ball out so when my Madden ratings went up. And when my Madden ratings went up, my contract went up. And when my contract went up, my Madden ratings went, went up some more. So you keep your Madden ratings up, man. I guarantee you, you're going to get paid. Between the high 80s and the 90s, you're going to get paid. Did you
1: ever have a scenario where it's like, I know my speed rating is faster what they've rated me as, or this guy is supposedly faster than me in Madden, but... Nah. Okay. No,
2: it, it was it was my hands. I think my hand was like a, phew. You know, my hands was horrible with the ratings. You know what I'm saying? But my speed was 90s. It always been the 90s. So that never was the issue. My PBUs was high. <laughs> I had a lot of PBUs. It's just it was like, God dang it. I, every time you get around the ball, you always beat yourself up in the face. <laughs> you know, so that was my issue. But other than that, man, I wasn't. I wasn't mad at mad. As a matter of fact, they do it down here in Orlando, so they was doing at Full Sail. They was doing the ratings and everything down here around Full Sail in Orlando. So that's the college, you know. So I got, I, I was able to get cool with a few of the guys and able to hit them up, like, hey, hey you saw this game I had. Why don't you go and boost me up for a week?
1: I remember back in the day, it was like if you had Michael Vick, it was like a cheat code, and you had to almost make a rule where the only way anyone who was actually playing could use Vick would be if the person was just so bad that he had no other choice. But I just remember, I think it was like 4 when he was on the cover, and it was impossible to try to stop him because any kind of traditional offense you would want to use, you could just run around with Vick, and he could make everyone miss
2: see everybody got mad at me when you got the falcons i got the falcons so i say, all right if y'all won't play this game
1: oh that's good strategy
2: play? yeah so yeah whoever was hot like whatever team you had you looking at yourself in the mirror you know what i'm saying that's like, fair te- that's fair yeah, whatever team you playing with i'm playing with the same team and there's a lot of people who used to drop offline. they'd be like Lee, like why you won't play with my same team because i, I know exactly why you playing with this team <laughs> yeah
1: I can't remember if, it, if I was playing with the Falcons or the Bears, but it was towards the end of Chris Chandler's career. And I was playing my brother in Madden. And Chris Chandler was, you know, your traditional pocket-passing quarterback, one of the slowest players in the game. So everyone's covered. I decided to scramble with Chris Chandler. And I break not one, not two, but three tackles. And my brother, this was the year when the hit stick was first introduced to My brother was so pissed. He takes the controller and just whips it. I'm pretty sure he broke it. But it was just like, I've never seen him more angry in my entire life because I ran for like, I want to say it was like a 70-yard touchdown with Chris Chandler. So good memories there playing Madden with my brother, Scott. There you go. Ike, anything else you want to get to before we sign off here?
2: Dak Prescott and the guaranteed money. That's all, the man. Looking for the guaranteed money, man. I'm talking about the fully guaranteed money. I'm talking about golly, man. For the past two contracts, Kirk Cousins looking at 196 million. So I get I get 84 fully guaranteed, Kirk Cousins. I get 84 fully guaranteed. So then I come back with another 90 something. And that, like, man, y'all can't even guarantee me a little bit over Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. That's all the man asked, of course, Is the guarantee upfront money? So you know what Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson about to get them boys annual salary probably be in the low forties. If they stay healthy and ball the way I know they're going to ball. That like, man, I didn't do this. The only person who really trumped me with these stats right now is Troy Aitman. Now I didn't do more than y'all homeboy. I didn't do way more than Tony Romo in a few years and y'all don't even want to give me my money. So you can put me in the top 10 as a quarterback. If y'all really want to, and seeing what I've done. By the way, I'm a fourth-round draft pick. So, tell me what else I need to do. Now, they did golf two years early. They did Carson Wentz two years early. Now, golf and Carson Wentz have been to a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz does have a Super Bowl ring. That, like, have I not played every game? My record when Zeke ain't playing with me is 9-0. So, I guess that don't matter either, since y'all want to talk about the running game. So, whatever Dak's asking for, I think he should get. Obviously, they didn't figure, they didn't figure a long-term deal out, so he bet on himself, so he's going to get that 31 for sure this year. But you, you want a guy like that. You want a guy, when he was in high school, he had to work his way to start. When he was at Mississippi State, he wasn't a start. He had to earn his way. When he got to the NFL, he wound up earning his way. Because I remember clearly when both of the quarterbacks, when Tony Romo and the backup quarterback got hurt, won't well, nobody upset on Dak when he was starting. And that was the whispers around Dallas, the locker room. I ain't talking about the announcers. I ain't talking about the news. I ain't talking about the media. I'm talking about his teammates. When they knew Dak was going to be the starter, they knew they had somebody special. So, and we talk about this, the sideline tell the story. The sideline tell the story. The body language of the guys, your peers around you tell the story.
1: I think the word you use that's probably most important with that is the guaranteed money, the guarantee. He can keep betting on himself and keep playing under the franchise tag. But to this point in his career, he stayed healthy, which is a testament to him as a player. But it's that guaranteed of, you know, what if it's the one season where an ankle twists the wrong way and knee twists the wrong way? I'm not trying to wish injury upon Dak Prescott, but, that's just reality in the NFL and you don't have that guaranteed, then his overall value as a quarterback then decreases. That's really the big thing is can you come to a fair deal there at the same time, unless I'm going to get a massive guarantee, like what we just saw with Patrick Mahomes with how the salary cap keeps going up and up and up and up and up. And look, we might see the salary cap stay flat, This year, because what the league might do if they can't generate the same revenue with everything going on with the pandemic is they might borrow from future years because the pandemic will end at some standpoint. If I'm Dak, though, it's it's the guaranteed money. That's the most important part of what you just said. Ike.
2: Mark, so we say Jerry Jones is one of the richest owners in the league, right? Yeah. Miles Garrett just did a 125 over this pandemic. Patrick Mahomes just did a 503 over this pandemic. His homeboy Chris Jones just did an 85 over this pandemic. <laughs> so now we ain't got the money over this pandemic. Derrick Henry just did a 50 over this pandemic. So, where are we getting this money from? TV deals. That's why we're stressing. The TV, the, these TV deals already been done. So, and that, that doesn't go to the players, that goes to the owner's pocket. They got the money. You just picking and choosing on who you want to play. I mean, Kirk Cousins bet twice on himself with the Redskins, right? Mm-hmm. I think they mm-hmm. franchise tagged him. Did they franchise tag him twice?
1: It, w- it was at least, I know it was multiple times.
2: So that doing the same thing. I know if Kirk can do it, I can do it. And maybe this might not be my town. Maybe I might have to leave. But what I'm gonna do is what I've been doing my whole life. I've always embraced adversity. So I'm gonna continue to do that
1: the one question I would have just to counter you would be who's going to need a quarterback after this upcoming season. So the two that come to my head would be potentially the bears, depending on how the whole Trubisky Nick Foles situation unfolds. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars. maybe Th- those are the two teams that come to mind, but okay. If Dak does decide to test the free agent waters to see what he's worth, where's a potential landing spot for him. Those are the two teams that came to my mind.
2: Hey, Mark, You might just hit it on the head, dog. So if I'm Dak, I'm looking at it like one thing I do know about Chicago, they got a nice defense, (laughs) a nice defense. And one thing I haven't had in my career so far was a defense just as good as Chicago's. So you give me this Chicago defense, you give me a nice running game, you let me use my legs when I need to. You give me a tight end and a receiver, we got action. We got action. Because you give me something I haven't had yet. And that's a good defense.
1: We'll leave it at that. I just want to give a quick shout out to the listeners and the sponsors. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, and really wherever you get your podcast, So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much to all the listeners for tuning in as well.
2: Appreciate the sponsors. Thank you, Mark, for being my calls. Thank you, viewers and listeners, for listening to the Believe in Stillers podcast. Y'all can check us out on all platforms, every platform you can imagine. Y'all just heard M. Bergen, so Thanks for listening. Peace.
1: For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care and so long, everyone.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.